Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of the Lord during their entire Christian lives and have become patterns to us of ones that counted all things lost on account of Christ. Witness Lee completed his most comprehensive work called the Life Study of the Bible just before going to be with the Lord in 1997. This program combines short excerpts from his original speaking, along with some of our own comments and fellowship. And as always, we'd like to hear from you with your thoughts or answer any questions that might arise while you're listening. We'll repeat this contact information at the end of the program, but if you have a pen right now, jot down our toll-free number, which is 888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or you can reach us by email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 says, And these things were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. This is Matt Miller, and I'm filling in for Chris Wilde for a few days, and with me is Gary Evans. Gary, welcome back to Life Study. Uh, thanks for inviting me again. It's so good to be here with you. You know, uh, you were with Chris just a couple days ago, and he said that you were leaving town, and it turns out he ended up leaving town, and you're still here. I'm glad you're with us for this particular program. Matt, we are slaves of Christ, and that means sometimes the Lord will change our plans. So here I am again for another week or two. Well, I'm thankful that you're here, and I think we'll have to get you maybe for another program in a couple days. I'd love to come. Well, today we're on the third problem in the book of 1 Corinthians that the Apostle Paul dealt with in chapter 6, and that problem was the problem of dealing with lawsuits among believers, which is really their claiming of their rights, fighting for themselves, and not being willing to take the cross. Gary, would you like to give an introductory word to what we're going to talk about today? Well, this portion is not exciting reading, 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 11, especially verses 1 through 10. Uh, they tend to be verses that a person would like to skip over, but the good thing about Corinthians is that all the problems that were in that church afforded a wonderful opportunity, a backdrop to reveal Christ. It provided a dark background to make Christ look so good. So what was the cause of this problem? And this is the matter of brothers claiming their rights and brothers suing one another uh, and brothers insisting on, on having their legal right. Mm-hmm. It's a problem that was caused by a deep reason. There was a deep cause for that problem. And Matt, that problem was the Corinthians had replaced Christ with culture and philosophy and religion. Remember, Corinth was a Greek city, and they had all types of philosophies and culture and all types of wisdoms floating around, and they had permeated the church life. And the result of replacing Christ with these things that at first seemed so good, the result was a lot of problems. One of those problems was brothers not being willing to take the cross, but instead insisting on their legal rights. Well, we're going to get to uh, 
chapter 6, verse 11, eventually in our second and third portions, and I think that's really the highlight of today's program. But let's go to Witness Lee first and get a good introduction to the program as he talks about this matter of believers going to the lawsuit and claiming their rights. Let's go to him right now. Cardinal believers, they replaced Christ with their great culture, philosophy, and wisdom. Paul's spirit in writing this epistle is to bring them back to God's center. That is Christ. God's intention is to work Christ into his children people. That Christ may become their life, their everything, that they may live Christ. Then Christ could have a body. And that is the church. This was the spirit in writing this book. So, Paul firstly deals with the root. The root is in their soul, in their mind, in their philosophical mind. This is why firstly Paul deals with the division. Because divisions always come out of man's mind, which is the leading part of the soul. Then after this, he deals with the gross sin of the flesh. And this indicates that if Christians live by their soul, by their top things in human culture, not by Christ, the gate will be open for the lusts of the flesh to come in. The problem of God's redeemed people is number one, the soul. And number two, the lusts of the flesh. Then what? What is left? When you are soulish and when you are lustful or fleshly, you would always claim your right. You would uh, never be willing to suffer any loss. You would never be willing to be run by anyone. So, the third thing the Apostle Paul deals in this epistle is the personal rights. What is to go to law? To go to law is to claim your rights. I tell you, within every one of us, there is such a claiming. You would claim your right, and such a claim of right is existing among all the saints. Gary, I think we've heard something here that might be a little bit foreign to some of our listeners, and I'd like to develop it a little bit. I mean, Witness Lee referred back to what you said in the opening word, that a lot of the problems come from the background and the culture, that you know they wouldn't be claiming their right, and he used this phrase, in their mind. The problems come from being in the mind. And so, you know, it almost begs the response, well, are you supposed to be out of your mind? Well, thank the Lord we have a mind. Uh, we certainly wouldn't be talking together if we didn't have a mind today. And the mind is a wonderful faculty to express Christ. But we'd like to ask you a question, Matt, and see how you'll answer this. You know, we do know that the Bible reveals that Christ lives in every believer Christ in us is the hope of glory. Christ 
literally indwells every believer. But let me ask you this, Matt. Where's his address in you? Because if you're going to find anyone, you need to know their address. Where's the Lord's address in you? Well, I think sometimes my thoughts come from him. Uh Uh-huh. They do. They they can come from him. Uh, We have the mind of Christ. When the Lord came into you, where did he come in? Okay, Second Timothy 4.22, the Lord be with your spirit. Very okay, good. so he's with my spirit. Okay, and Paul says the spirit witnesses where? With our, our spirit. spirit. The spirit witnesses with our spirit. That's in Romans 8.16. Okay. And then how about John 3? That which is born of the capital S spirit is what? Spirit. It's little s spirit, your spirit. Okay. So when we were born again, the Lord came into our spirit. And his intention, like you said, is to be expressed through our mind. When we are people who live in our spirit, then Christ can be expressed through our emotions and our will and our mind. But the problem here is this. The Corinthians had replaced knowing Christ in their spirit. They had replaced living in the spirit, living in Christ and having Christ live in them. They had replaced that with living in culture, wisdom, philosophy, Or you could say, in the soul. You know, the mind is the leading part of the soul. And instead of living in their spirit and having their soul express the Lord in a wonderful way, they were dominated by the natural fallen soul. You know, you have to remember 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is chapter 6. In chapter 2, Paul talks about what King James called the natural man. Now, the reason they translated that natural is because They couldn't find an equivalent English word there for natural. Actually, the Greek word is an adjective form of soul. So Paul was comparing and contrasting a spiritual man, we have the word spiritual, adjective for spirit, spiritual, with a man who's dominated by the soul. Their whole life is run by their soul. Their emotions rule them. Their mentality runs wild. And their wills is strong and unruly. In other words, their mind, emotion, and will are not controlled by the Spirit, but dominate the Spirit. And so translators had trouble with this. Well, G.H. Pember came up with this word. Uh, It's a kind of strange word. He noticed it was the word uh, suke. That's the Greek word for soul. So he made up a word in his translation, psychical. I've never heard that. Yeah, psychical. It's a strange word, and there's a reason you never heard it, because it was quickly dropped by the rest of other Christians. And Andrew Murray agreed that this should be a new word. Andrew Murray made up the word soulish. Hmm. And Jesse Penn Lewis picked up on this word, and also Watchman Nee, Brother Lee, and many other writers since then have picked up on this word. It's actually an adjective of soul, a soulish person. When we are soulish people dominated by the culture and philosophy and wisdom that in a natural way and dominates our thinking, then of course the result is going to eventually be divisions. You know, today on the way to record here, I passed a, a Philippine community church and a Vietnamese church and a Korean church and a Spanish church and a Caucasian church and a Chinese church. These are all divisions with good intentions but divisions based on wanting to be around people that are like you. It's soulish. You know, we may condemn the Corinthians for all of their various philosophies, Epicureanism and all the other strange philosophies that they had there, Gnosticism and so forth. We can easily condemn them. How about us? 
you know, among us believers, some strongly believe in traditional medicine, others in going to a chiropractor. We have all kinds of philosophies, strong feelings, strong opinions that tend to divide the body of Christ. That, Matt, is why we need to be delivered from living soulishly. And we need verse 11 in this chapter 6. We need to be washed in the name of the Lord. We need to be sanctified in the Spirit. We need to be brought out of the realm of claiming our rights and soulishly demanding what's our due. And instead, being brought into the sphere and the element of Christ. You know, Gary, this very realm you're talking about of the soul is where all the problems come in. And the rest of this message is devoted to verse 11. I think we should get on to it. But I'll read it again because it's so key to the rest of the message. These things were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Let's go on to the second portion with Witness Lee in today's life study. Paul says, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name. If Paul says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the precious blood of the Lord. That's easy to understand. We all understand that. But to be washed in the name, how could the Lord's name wash you? You, cardinal believers, in the past, you were this kind of persons. You were. But to say you were washed, how about those cardinal believers? When Paul wrote this letter, were they washed? We all could believe at the time when every believer believes in the Lord. And every believer at that time was washed in the blood was washed in the blood and was sanctified in the blood and was justified in the blood. We have verses to prove this. But that washing in the blood and that sanctifying in the blood and that justifying in the blood were all objective. All objective, not subjective. But right after we got saved, we began a life. We began a clean life. Sometimes, maybe at least for three days. Right? For three days. Right after you got saved, in the first three days, you were quite clean. You were quite pure. You were very sanctified. And you were very justified. Not just objectively, but also subjectively. When you got objectively washed, sanctified, and justified. That was in the blood. But when you live a clean life, a life sanctified, and a life justified, when you live such a life, and this is something subjective, and this is the subjective washing, this is the subjective sanctifying, and the subjective justifying. And these washing, sanctifying, justifying, so subjective, are not in the blood. They are in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they are in the Spirit. Gary, this is quite a contrast between the objective washing and the subjective washing. Why don't you talk a little bit more about that? That may be new to a lot of our listeners. Yes, because here Paul talks about being washed and being sanctified 
in the name and in the spirit, in the name of the Lord and in the spirit. Here, we would first of all think that he was talking about being washed in the blood. And that is certainly right. Objectively, positionally, we believers have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. All our sins have been washed away by the blood. Redemption is by the blood of Christ. But here, the problem with the Corinthians is not their outward position. These Corinthian believers in the church life there, they were all born again. They were all redeemed. They were all washed by the blood of Christ. Their problem was inward. They were full of culture, philosophy, wisdom, the soulish man. Their souls were dominating their entire being. So they needed an inward change like we do ourselves. And the inward change, the inward washing comes in the name of the Lord and in the spirit. These two things, the name of the Lord and the spirit wash us inwardly and sanctify us inwardly. I really like this, Gary. I think it would answer a lot of questions that Christians have about outwardly they know they're saved. They've been objective, and that's what we're talking about, this word objective. Objectively, we're saved. It's a fact. The Lord saved us. But inwardly, we don't feel saved. Inwardly, we have unsaved thoughts, unsaved feelings. And you know what? That's where this word washing comes in. We need the washing in the name and in the spirit. So let's go on to the third section where it gets a little more practical about this matter of washing in the name and the subjective experience of salvation in our daily Christian life. Let's go on to our final portion with Witness Lee. In the New Testament, in the name of the Lord really means in himself. Actually, the name always denotes a person. The name denotes a person. If there's no such a person, the name is in vain. When I call a brother's name, no one comes to me. That means that name is a vain name. Or that name is real. But that person, which is denoted by the name, is not here. Or he's dead. If he's real, he's living, and he's present, when I call his name, right away he comes to me. Then how about for you? Oh, Lord Jesus. If he's real. Is he real or not? Say it. If he's living. Living or not. If he's present. Then what should happen? He comes. He comes, surely he comes, because I call his name. I call Lord Jesus. He's real, he's living, and he's present. Why he does not come? Surely he come to me. And this is why we all need to call. Why? Because calling on his name, he comes. I say, oh, Lord Jesus. The Lord comes. The, oh, Lord, the Lord comes closer, closer, closer. Oh, Lord. The Lord just embraces you. This is to be washed in the name. Washed, sanctified, and justified in the name and in the spirit. The name is the name of that person. And that person, you know, is the Spirit. You can never separate the name of the Lord 
from his spirit. Because the name is his name. And the spirit is his person. If you would spend some time to read John, the Gospel of John, 14, 15, 16, you could see there the name is attached to the spirit. The name cannot be separated from the spirit. Why Paul says this? You were washed, you were sanctified, justified in the name and in the spirit. Why? Because Paul had the experience. When he called on the Lord's name, the Lord came. When the Lord came, he was the spirit. It is by this way we were washed subjectively. We were sanctified subjectively. We were justified subjectively, not in the blood, but in the name which we call and in the spirit, who is the real person denoted by the name. Well, Gary, I think this is a good note to end our program today. This matter of calling on the Lord's name. This is very sweet and uh, also, again, maybe something new to our listeners to hear this kind of experience of the Lord described by Witness Lee for the practical washing. But isn't this a practical word? The word epikaleo in the Bible, and that's the word used for calling on the name of the Lord, to call on the Lord. That's the Greek word, I think. That's the Greek word used. Epikaleo means to invoke a person by name. And one time I did a study on this, Matt, and there are over 80 verses in the Bible, both in the Old and the New Testament, talking about calling on the name of the Lord. Now, it's the most simple prayer that you can pray to call on the name of the Lord. It's something you can do all day long, but it's not simply a kind of a general prayer. But as Vine says in his expository dictionary, it's to invoke a person, to actually, literally, vocally call a person to you by calling their name. You know, I've noticed that in my own personal life, I tend to get busy. And, you know, this is a busy culture. The first thing that Christians tend to sacrifice in their busy life is spending a time with the Lord in the morning, calling on his name and getting themselves washed and sanctified in the spirit. You know, the first thing we should do before we speak to man, we should speak to God. Before we eat our physical breakfast, we should eat our spiritual breakfast. And one simple way to always be filled with the spirit and be washed and sanctified is to call on the name, just as Brother Lee there illustrated in that section. And I know personally, with me, when I call on the Lord all day long, maybe I'm driving the car and I just say, Lord Jesus, I love you. Oh, Lord Jesus, I treasure you. The more I call on his name, I'm delivered from my natural way of driving the car, and Christ lives in me. Instead of being soulish, I become spiritual. Well, I think the example he used is that when you call a person's name, you get that person. So when you say, oh, Lord Jesus, right away you get the Lord Jesus and you get the spirit because the spirit is the Lord. When he comes to you, that's the practicality of being with the Lord. And like you said, the prayer is one thing that gets sacrificed. And I know you mentioned your experience. I was thinking my experience when I'm in a situation or driving along and I may feel in bewilderment or confusion. And because I've learned this practice of calling on the name of the Lord, I just have a habit. 
Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. It turns me back to the Lord and brings me to the Lord's presence. In the Gospel of John, the Lord promised us that he would send the Spirit in his name. The Spirit answers to the name of Jesus. It's a precious name. We could call his name a thousand times a day. And the Lord himself, as the Spirit, answers whenever we call on him. Well, we're out of time, Gary, so we're going to have to stop. But I hope that the Lord is hearing a lot of calling right now. Because I believe there's listeners right now driving down the road, many of them alone. Why don't you try it right now as you're driving down the road? Try this. Try calling. Maybe it's the first time you've ever done it. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord, I love you. Lord, I want you to be real to me. Lord, I want you to be my subjective washing and cleansing of my inner being, that I could be a spiritual man and not a soulish man. You'll find it'll help you in your prayer life. It'll help you in your experience with the Lord on a daily basis. That's biblical advice, Matt. (laughs) Well, Gary, I'm sure glad you're with me today. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. And uh, thank you also for joining us. If you'd like to get a printed copy of today's Life Study message, it's printed message number 37 of volume 2 from the Life Study of Corinthians by Witness Lee. And you can call 888-LIFE-STUDY to get more information. It's 888-543-3788. Thanks again for joining us. On behalf of Gary Evans, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.